Hello, everyone, Hello. and welcome to the Macabre Podcast Universe. It's the podcast that exists. Why does it exist, Jordan? To prove people wrong when they say sequels are never better than the originals. And here we are. We have we've been going through the Batman conglomerate this year, and we're finally in the most recent uh, adaptation. But mm-hmm. he's actually not in this movie that we're talking about. But it was all leading up to this, though. It's all been leading up <laughs> to the DCEU. Mm-hmm. And today we are kicking off our first episode of this series, Man of Steel, with the podcast hosts of Absolutely Gobsmacked, Brayden and Logan. Welcome to the show, guys. Welcome. Thanks for having us. We're excited. So, first off, I'm just curious, I just want to put the feelers out in the room. Mm-hmm. What what is uh, you know a little paragraph or two? What do you two feel about this movie? Do you like it? Dislike it? What do you think? I'll go first because Logan always gets to go first. Um, <laughs> I like it. I don't love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are aspects of it that I do love, but overall, as a movie, I like it. Right? It's not the greatest superhero movie of all time to me. Mm-hmm. It's probably not even up there in the top five, top ten. I don't know. I haven't made a list, but. I do enjoy the movie. I think it's entertaining, and I like it. Okay, cool. Um, and then as far as with me, I, I'm kind of on a similar boat as Braden. I guess that's why we kind of do the podcast together, because <laughs> we tend to have very similar thoughts on movies. <laughs> um, but uh, it's one of those movies where I don't think it's a great Superman movie, but it, I think it's actually a really good superhero movie. Okay. If that makes sense. Oh, I like that take a lot. Actually, that um, that resonates with me. Yeah, because because it's it does things where I'm like, oh, you know, Superman is Superman. Come on, you know. But <laughs> yeah, but but it, but it's believable. Like the story is believable. The 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 actor does a very good job um, as Superman. It's just I don't know. There's some there's some bits where I'm like, ah. Oh, you know the old Clark Kent. You know from the 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 mm-hmm. oh, what's it called? I can't. I'm not on the ball right now. Um, the first Superman movie. What was it? Um, oh, Superman? Richard Donner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like where you know, saving Cat in the Trees, kind of Superman. You know, yeah. That that's kind of in my head because I didn't read a lot of the comics, but I'll try to keep this shorter. Sorry. Um, <laughs> You're but, good. <laughs> because I, I go on rants. Um, no, just it's less of like a Superman, Superman. Than I that I know, you know, yeah. coming yeah. off those yeah. movies, yeah. But uh, no, it's it's a good movie. Okay, cool. And and I should clarify for our audience: uh, Richard Donner was the director of those old Superman movies. The actor was Christopher Reeves. Just so that yeah. no one is yelling at their podcast right now, going, "How do you not I, know?" I would do that. Yeah. I would do that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. So for me, um, I I. I really, I we watched this movie a couple nights ago. We usually watch it the night before we record, but I'm glad we've watched it a few nights ago because I'm trying to, I've been trying to think what I think about this movie because I I I like it. I don't love it. I I think it's aging pretty poorly compared to other superhero movies. Um, but it it has a lot of cool stuff but then it has stuff that i genuinely could like go to the other room for like a half hour and then come back i think mm-hmm. cuz it, it, there's things and, like, that just like not miss anything or well things just that just not... totally lose my interest sure. in this movie sure yeah. but 
What what about you, Jordan? What's your I think this movie is very okay. <laughs> like just very okay. I don't think it's terrible. I don't think it's great. Yeah. I I remember seeing it and being so excited Chris, Christopher Christopher Nolan was attached in some way. They slapped yeah. his name on it. Mm-hmm. And it really upped my expectations. I don't know anything about Superman other than Kryptonite's bad for him. <laughs> but I I think like when we watched this, it was the second time I first time I'd seen it since seeing it in theaters years ago. And it was just very okay. Yeah. That's how I feel about it. Yeah. So, okay. So now let's round table it again. Let's talk about the first time we saw the movie. Mm -hmm. So let's start with you again, Braden. So, I mean, opening night movie came out. Mm -hmm. I saw it in the theaters um, with a group of friends. And it's funny because I remember it distinctly. Because it was one of the last times I went to a premiere and they didn't have reserved seating, at least oh, in my okay. area. So finding seats was a mad dash. I don't know if you guys remember. I'm sure you guys do remember. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Nowadays, it's much more organized and I do appreciate that. But mm-hmm. it was first come, first serve. And it was a, like we needed like a whole row of people. <laughs> yeah. <That's> yeah. <laughs> and. Have to so, put down the coats yeah, and like exactly. hope that yeah. no one goes to the bathroom, so and you don't have someone to... <laughs> stole our seats, some of our seats, and <laughs> yep. so it was a stressful night <laughs> to yeah. say the least. And we ended up having to split up uh, the group of friends. So it's just I remember that much about it. I do remember enjoying the action on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was a nice. It was like a breath of fresh air in regards to action compared to like superman returns so that much i do appreciate you know especially if if you're gonna have like an action movie i mean like a superhero movie to me is an action movie usually right right? so yeah it's got to have good action i thought it did deliver now as far as story-wise that's another thing but yeah on the big screen for the first time i enjoyed that that aspect of it and Mm -hmm. i remember distinctly so what what about you logan um the first time I watched this movie, honestly, <laughs> funny story. My, m- one of our family friends told my parents that the movie sucked. <laughs> so, uh-huh. so we were not going to, and my mom is actually a big Superman fan. As far as like any other superhero, she doesn't care about Superman movie though. She wants to see. Wow. Um, so, that's cool. So yeah. So she was really kind of looking forward to it and she was bummed out. So she didn't want to watch it. It, uh, you know, whenever it came to, dvd i think is when we first saw it my dad was like you know what let's rent it um and because my dad was like i don't care i'm gonna you know it's worth it to pay you know a couple bucks and get an Mm -hmm. evening's worth of enjoyment right um so we did and my mom actually really enjoyed it um because again she's a superman (laughs) yeah she's a superman fan good cool yeah yeah so that's i mean I, i don't remember my first thoughts on it to be honest it was kind of just like Oh, it was, it was really cool because it was a new Superman movie, but yeah, beyond that, not really. Yeah, I remember we saw it together. We did? Yeah, we went with like a group of friends. Really? This was far before we were even dating. But uh, I do not remember seeing it with you, but okay. <laughs> we, well, I remember it because I remember talking about the movie afterward and stuff. Oh, um, cool. Maybe I'm misremembering, <laughs> but saw it in theaters, and I remember at the time, um, and I've since, I mean... Any listener will know you can go back and listen to our Marvels, all our Marvel coverage. I've since changed my mind, but I at this point in time, I was very like, oh, Marvel is lame. Oh, yeah, now, me too. I have to admit, 
I'm pretty much just a fanboy at this point. Like yeah. anytime they come out with a movie, of Marvel, I'll figure out a way to like it. Right. Yeah, of Marvel. And so, but at, th- at this time, I was like, this series is going to do it right. You know, that's how I felt when I left the theaters. Then I watched it a second time, and I was kind of like, oh, this this movie's really long. <laughs> I think that was kind of my takeaway. And then a couple nights ago, and with all of the all of the Justice League discourse and stuff like that, I've pretty much just soured on all of the Zack Snyder-related parts of this universe but we are going and we're hitting it all fresh anew for this series so i did try to wipe my brain clean (laughs) and experience it for a first time and you're better at that than i am that's true (laughs) that being said i've not seen most of these dceu movies on purpose yeah you jumped out after suicide squad you said i'm done yep and here we are i'm about to watch them all and after after they did Suicide Squad, they all started getting better after that. <laughs> uh-huh. That's what I've been hearing. <laughs> but um, let's get into how this movie was made and who is behind it. So, um, of course, this is directed by Zack Snyder, who I, I don't even think I need to explain it. He's probably one of the most popular directors, whether good or bad, uh, mm-hmm. currently living. Mm-hmm. Um, the screenplay is by David Goyer, who we talked about in our, um, Dark Knight trilogy. He, he wrote those movies. Um, and the story is by David Goyer and Christopher Nolan. So Nolan does have a story credit. I think that he didn't actually do very much because he's better at writing than this. Yeah, my thought on the movie is because I was trying to figure out which parts were Nolan Uh and which parts were Goyer. Uh And I feel like pro the the human farm stuff i imagine was nolan the human oh like the babies like when he's a kid <laughs> and he's he's oh the kid being a kid on a farm yeah, okay yeah. okay okay <laughs> i did word that kind of strangely but um i felt like that was maybe more the nolan touch okay but this is right after like the bombastic dark knight rises which we like that movie a lot mm-hmm. but um it would make sense if he was maybe a little more broad strokey as the movie is oh yeah um, yeah, but uh, then we have music by Hans Zimmer. We're just continuing the Hans train. Yeah. I like the score to this movie a lot. Yeah, I thought it was good. Oh yeah, kind of. Oh, yeah, revamping it, um, doing a different thing than the Superman theme, which is also you know one of John Williams' best. What's the Superman theme? Um, oh man, help me out. Ba, I'm forgetting. Ba, 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 ba. Yeah, ba, ba, ba. yeah. Ba, 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 ba. like that. Yeah, it's Oh, yeah, da, okay. Da, da, da. Yeah. 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 Can't miss it. Oh, it's <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I I like this one. It has it feels triumphant, but it also like captures the um kind of emotional mood that they're at least attempting to set in this movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um here's my thing about Hans Zimmer, if you don't mind me jumping in. Yeah, no. please. <clears throat> I don't hate Hans Zimmer. In fact, I think he has <laughs> some really great scores okay so let me preface that okay <laughs> yes here Back, we go his lion king score is one of my favorites as far as animated movies go and that's his only oscar but i do think he's like i don't know if you guys agree with me but besides like john williams he's like one of the more popular composers because mm-hmm. he does a mm-hmm. lot of blockbusters you know definitely a lot of superhero movies and things like that I think he does so many scores and a lot of them are good, but I think 
a lot of his scores for me personally are forgettable in my opinion oh okay i think at this point it's been more quantity than quality for him in his career and i do like the score of this movie um but i don't know if you guys remember um him and james newton howard did the score for the the batman begins and in my opinion james newton howard carried that score if if you look really (laughs) yeah and so i think that there are i think he's very talented yeah but i think um some of his scores are a little at times repetitive and yeah the same thing so that's just my opinion i do like him he's just not one of my favorite composers what there was a movie that Hans zimmer scored that i think you really were like this is like one of the most forgettable scores this is like recent. I think we saw the oh, movie. I mean, there are. I actually, I actually agree with you for the most part. I, I think mm-hmm. on a base level, he's such a good composer that his bad scores are a lot of people's best scores. But yeah, I can, yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. I think his his great scores are so great that when he does anything less than that, it's a little like, come on, Hans. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why I think maybe a quantity <laughs> over quality thing could be. Yeah. And and I think right. I think like in the case of Nolan, I feel like him Nolan kind of pushes him. I think, and they have a really nice collaborative um, uh, uh, work association collaboration. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, I think uh, some directors who maybe aren't as established or or not as confident maybe just are like, well, it's Hans. He'll do it. It'll it'll sound great. And maybe they're not as I would imagine. Nolan is fairly particular. Yeah, I would yeah. imagine so too. They have to be on kind of the same wavelength. They have yeah. to have the same style, know what they want from each other. You know, that's why guys like Tim Burton always work with Danny Elfman because they're mm-hmm. they know what they want. They can they're best friends. They can yeah yeah. yeah it's like mind. why use anyone else? Right. Much. Yeah. So it's like yeah, it's true. Some of the directors he works with, he does a better job with than others, like Christopher Nolan. So yep. I can see that. I think. I think yeah, so that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, a good take. Um, but the cinematographer for this movie is Amir Mokri, who did um, Bad Boys Two, Age of Extinction, National Treasure Two, amongst other things. Those are things that I think our audience will know about. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I I I think like, it looks good. Yeah, I think the movie looks pretty good. M- most of the CG is aged. I actually Pretty think, good. The, so, oh, okay, I thought you were about to say aged and period after that. <laughs> I do think that a lot of it actually looks pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. And the stuff that doesn't is not stuff that bothers me, really. I, I, yeah. I really think the um, the Krypton technology, the kind of beady black stuff that turns into other things is mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah, I think yeah. that's very cool. I like the, I guess, like the world building and the art yeah. of that planet. I thought they did a good job. Well, I was just going to say, I think that's always been kind of Zack Snyder's strengths. Yeah. Are his kind of vision, how he sees sees it, you know, and, and then he puts it onto the screen. Obviously, he has a crew that works with him and does mm-hmm. those things, but it's all going to go back to Zack Snyder. That's why right. a lot of directors, they have a certain style and vision. So I think that he a lot of his things look really nice. A lot of his movies look really nice. They look really good. They always look so stylized. Right. For yeah. him. Yeah. Which I gotta say is cool when um, there are you know superhero movies that try to take 
huge, colorful, amazing characters and mute their colors and put a a concrete filter on the movie, as or so it seems. Because these yeah. are huge, bombastic characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he is really good at capturing that. Um, especially, like, BVS is a gorgeous movie. Really? Like, cinematography, the colors, it looks amazing. Oh. But the, the story is where I have my issues, not the not the way it looks. Right, right. I agree. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. and, and, and another thing about this movie, too, is, is the locations and the world building, like, you know, Krypton and just even the locations where they fight or where he's at it's it's not like a lot of other superhero movies like um something that a lot of people would would think oh you know you can't really diss avengers avengers is kind of like a really boring movie as far as locations you know mm-hmm. they're on a flight deck they they show mm-hmm. they show these yep. really cool shots and then it's all boring they're all inside or they're all in these hallways right um, whereas this movie you know, they're in the middle of a small town and, you know, you see things way in the background and it feels real and big and immersive. Um, I think yeah. that's something else that Zack Snyder can do is be immersive. Um, I think he's kind of... No, yeah, I'll just leave it there. Otherwise, I'm going to go on a rant. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I definitely agree, especially when you... Like, you have to kind of compare DC movies to Marvel movies because it just feels like they're rivals. And yeah. there are definitely a fair amount of Marvel movies that are just like, it is so uninteresting to look at that. It kind mm-hmm. of like pulls you out of the story a little bit or it can. Yeah. And, yeah. and we've talked about how we feel like recently they're starting to do a lot. They're making their movies more colorful. They're yeah. choosing more interesting aesthetics, but you know, that phase two period is a little like, okay, this is, this is, we need some, we need someone else to color grade these movies or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, so the this movie comes out June 14th, 2013. Keep in mind, that's uh, a little over a year after Marvel's Avengers comes out. Okay. I think that's important to keep in our brain as we mm. talk about this. Um, the budget of the movie is $225 million. It makes domestically 291 and then worldwide it makes $668 million. That's That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. More money than I'll ever see. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, in, I believe, 76, right, is the first Superman movie. Yeah, I'm thinking mid-70s. I can look it up, but I think... 78. Yes, okay. 78. Okay, I was trying to remember earlier, too, so yeah. Yeah. So, that movie comes out, big hit, they make four of them. The fourth (laughs) one, Quest for Peace, comes out in 1987. Now, I've not made it that far in the series, uh, when I've watched it, but I'm sure one of these days we'll probably cover the only the other... old Superman movies. Okay, wait. Nicolas Cage was Superman one time. No, but we're uh, going to talk about it. Why do I it. think that? Okay, but there was another <laughs> Superman movie. What was the last one made before this movie? Well, it's, so I'm getting to all oh, that. fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so they make Quest for Peace in 1987, and it does horribly. Critics hate it. Fans hate it. The series dies. Then... They make uh, Superman in uh, Superman Returns in 2006, which is a Brian Singer movie. I think I've seen that one. Okay, I have not seen that movie. Mm. Um, but then I believe after that, oh no! So actually, before Superman Returns, Tim Burton was going to direct Superman Lives, and it was going to star Nicolas Cage as Superman. Wait, Tim Burton directing Nicolas Cage? <laughs> yes. Why didn't we get it? 
<laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I I think that would genuinely have been like one of the worst casting choices yeah, in the but world. The, the just the I don't know. That is too interesting not to give money towards to, <laughs> yeah. to see what would happen. <laughs> they should do that as like a stop motion uh what's it called? Lego movie where yeah, he's, yes. he's the yeah. he's the voice actor and it's just, oh, just yeah. Lego. And it would be a good. genuinely great idea. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> but um yeah, so they were gonna make this movie. Um, and then I think like weeks before production was supposed to start, it gets uh shut down. Oh, okay. And there's a whole documentary called The Death of Superman Lives, What Happened? Um, which I have not seen. Well, I need to watch that because it's gonna answer all my questions. Yeah. And you can look up the pictures of uh Nicolas Cage in the Superman suit with his nice long hair. I'm and looking it up now. So he could actually, not look less like Superman. Yeah. So I, I haven't seen the documentary, but there's a video on YouTube that's okay. pretty pretty long. And it's Nicolas Cage doing the costume fitting. And Tim Burton's there. And his normal costume designer that Tim Burton uses on all of his movies is she's there. And they're talking about it and they're like collaborating and giving each other ideas and stuff. It's pretty cool. Like Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna have huge, to look that up. I'm a huge Tim Burton fan. Like Edward Scissorhands yeah. is my favorite movie. So, okay, cool. We love Burton w- as well. Yeah. Would we? Ha- would I have wanted to see what this movie would be like? Yes. Do I think it would have been good? No, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's. <laughs> I agree exactly. Like in an alternate world, I mean, what I would do to see that movie? Oh my goodness. I, I well, I will tell you this. I think I would honestly enjoy it more than I like Man of Steel, because I think there would be an element of like this is just so wild. Mm-hmm. And keep in mind, the last superhero movie he made was Batman Returns, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. it'd be a nuts movie. So, yeah. Although, well, no, it would have been cool. <laughs> it would have been cool. At least would have looked fun. It it would have. You know what? I think it would have been a good. Weird movie, but it would have been a really bad Superman. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Well, I'm also thinking like late '90s, early 2000s special effects. Yeah. It's like. Yeah. That usually that just doesn't hold up nowadays for most of the movies. Totally. Right. Um. So, 2006 Superman Returns, which, if I'm remembering right, kind of has a um. It's like some people like it, some people don't, but not enough to keep it going as a franchise. Um, so in 2008... Who played Superman? I don't remember. Wait, what is it called? Uh, Superman uh, Returns. Okay. Yeah, it was Brandon Ruth. Oh, Ralph. okay. Ralph? Ruth? Ralph, yeah. Oh, that guy. Oh, yeah, and Kevin Spacey is Lex Luthor. It's the guy <laughs> in... Um, wait, really? Yeah, he is. It's, he's in Scott Pilgrim. Oh. He's the vegan. Oh, cool. Uh, I remember um, one of my old buddies, Dylan Huntley... <laughs> He went to the premiere of that movie and he wore um, a Lex Luthor t-shirt that said like, <laughs> I love Lex Luthor, death to Superman or something like really? that. Really? And, and went uh. and saw the premiere of the movie. And he was the only one there? Uh, he might have no, been. I'm just kidding. Um, so in 2008, Warner Brothers starts taking pitches from writers, directors, and comic book guys because they want to make a Superman movie. Mm-hmm. They're ready to get the ball rolling on this. Um, they had one idea, which would have been an eight-hour total trilogy, so you know, uh, two and a half hours each ish, 
and it would have chronicled his life. And they said similar to a Lord of the Rings structure. I don't know what that means in regards to... Like they film it all at once? Probably, yeah. (laughs) Um, And then if you'll remember from our Terminator Salvation episode, we talked about how director Mick G was going to direct Superman Flyby, but he is afraid of flying and didn't want to go to Australia, and so he dropped out of the movie. Oh, yeah. Wow. So... <laughs> like a pretty big thing to pass <laughs> up know. on. So then, during The Dark Knight Rises, David S. Goyer tells Christopher Nolan, I have this idea for Superman and modernizing him. Yeah. And Nolan's like, I love this idea. So that's how the ball gets rolling. Then they start making the movie. It's pretty much like, well, Nolan okays it, then we're good to go. Um, but then I have to talk about this because I think this is very strange. There was an ad campaign for this movie where they marketed it to, like, churches. What? Um, and stuff like that. I, I, did you guys hear about this? Yeah. Yeah, I did, actually. I um, heard that. Yeah, it's, it's really weird because, I mean, th- there's kind of, uh, getting into the theme of the movie, like, that. that's kind of part of the theme is, like, he's some sort of messiah or something. Um, yeah. And, yeah, it's... It's really weird for a superhero movie. Um, yeah, especially with aliens and stuff. I don't know. It was, it just, it's a weird campaign to have posters and stuff like that. Yeah, so they, they had like, like this article says um, that they dedicated a website which invites clergymen to utilize Superman myth as a mechanism for educating and uplifting Christian audiences. Educating them on just, like, the comic book? So here's a quote. Superman's mythical origins are rooted in the timeless reality of a spiritual superhero who also lived a modest life until extraordinary times required a supernatural response. Jesus was sent by his father to bear our burdens, to right our wrongs, to rise above our troubling circumstances. How might the story of Superman awaken our passion for the greatest hero who ever lived and died and rose again? Let's consider how Superman's humble origins, his high calling, and his transforming sacrifice point us towards Jesus, the original superhero. Which, might I add, I think calling Jesus a superhero is mighty offensive. (laughs) That's (laughs) wild. I mean, look, it's an ad campaign. They're trying to make (laughs) money, okay? Yeah. (laughs) It's nothing more than that. They're trying to play with different audiences and get them to come see the movie. Like, let's it's, be realistic. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. It's it's very wild. I just don't. I don't think uh, any of our any of our church groups would have gone over Man of Steel at any point. <laughs> yeah, that, that's fascinating. I'm sure. I'm sure that happens a lot, though. I don't know. Like when Lord of the Rings came out, I bet that was marketed to churches. Yeah, probably. But I mean that. Well, that's a lot. That's just a lot. That's interesting. I just thought it was was very fascinating. Yeah. That's um and yeah. there's a whole thing about like they they talk about the Trinity and Jor-El and Kal-El and we wow. didn't we didn't even have to go I over that. I do not that, know but... enough about Superman to even know about <laughs> I, well, I just think they're reaching in my opinion I think they're Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. That's the that's the same energy as oh look China we love China watch the Martian. <laughs> you know <laughs> right, right, right. China China saves Mark Watney, come on, come and watch our movie. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. That's exactly the same energy. There's no like actual care toward um the Chinese or Christians. It's just like 
let's just see if we can get their butts in seats here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. <laughs> but um, hit us with those actors. Okay, I'm only going to go over a few because there are a lot of people in this movie. Um, Kevin Costner's in this movie that I <laughs> yeah. forgot. That was that was very cool to see him in this movie. It's just like you were such a, I don't know, American dad. I don't know. It was great. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's some great casting. Yeah. Yeah. And he probably got a good paycheck for not shooting that many days. Good for him. So <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Costner's in Dances with Wolves, The Postman, uh, Robin Hood. I mean, Yellowstone, it's Kevin Costner. He's in so much stuff. And then uh, Diane Lane plays Martha Kent, his wife. Um, she's also in a ton of stuff. She's on, in Under the T- Tuscan Sun, Unfaithful, Inside Out, The Outsiders, and a ton of other stuff. She's in House of Cards, and I don't remember that. But yeah, she's oh, just in a I ton of stuff. I remember that either. Have we talked about Russell Crowe? Uh, no, we have not talked about wow. Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe is in this movie, too. Um, he's in, I mean, people, it's Russell Crowe. He's in Les Mis. Yeah. He's in Gladiator. He's the beautiful mind. He has the <laughs> world's most beautiful mind. <laughs> um, he's in L.A. Confidential and so much more. Um, and then Michael Shannon, who plays... Big Gen- Chicago himself. Yes, plays General Zod. Um, he's in The Shape of Water, Take Shelter, 99 Homes, Revolutionary Home. He is always... Revolutionary Road. Oh, Road, sorry. Knives sorry. Out. Knives Out. Oh, he's so good in Knives Out. He's always yeah. a treat when he's in a movie. By the way, very inspired casting. That I think they really hit the, the, was it, the nail on the head with that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when they announced they were making a Superman movie and that they had announced that eventually that general Zod was going to be the villain immediately the first person that came to my mind and i remember this was michael shannon wow wow so i was just like that's great casting right there that's yeah yeah that is so great i mean I, he's really good in the he's movie. always really good i mean actually for the most part besides what we'll get into i think <laughs> the performances are pretty good yeah yeah, it's, it's not it's the, great. Some, for in terms of like the story, sometimes the story doesn't like do service to the characters. Yeah. But everyone I, acting is doing a really good job. Because Amy Adams is great, who you're about to go through, but I just don't like how Lois Lane is written in this mm-hmm. movie. And yes. I think she's yes. pretty she's not given the due that that character should be given. No, she's just put on a sp- an alien spaceship for conceivably no reason. <laughs> Right. Other than to be there. And unless I'm missing something and when we go through it, I can remember. But she is in um, American Hustle, Enchanted, Arrival, Doubt. Um, she's in everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nocturnal Animals, Sharp Objects. And then Henry Cavill plays Clark Kent. And who is Clark Kent? Superman. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, he's in several of the DCEU movies. Um, he's also in the latest Mission Impossible, where he got big for, and it was. I felt like he looked a little small in this movie. So well, be, and and a listener, if you don't know about his mustache, yeah. you better tune in in a few episodes, and we are going <laughs> to talk a lot about his mustache. Yep. And this movie called Justice League. Um. Yeah, and he's in The Witcher, which came out last year, I think. He's, I think he's really great. I really like him. I enjoy him every time I see him. Yeah. But it is, I do feel like, did he get, did he get that big for Mission Impossible or was he that big just progressively? Cause I haven't seen other DC movies. I, Cause he's like, I think it's now. like, you know, he gets big for Superman. And then when you're, 
when you're that big, you continue to get big. I think is the, <laughs> I think that's the situation. Yeah. I think he just gets cast now, and because he's Superman, he gets cast in these roles where he's got to be big. You know, it's like uh, yeah, he's a I big guy. So. Let's get Superman. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, and it's there's something so smart about casting him in Mission Impossible because he is supposed to be the symbol of ultimate good, and then to have him as the bad guy of that movie. Great. Oh yeah. I mean, spoilers. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, our we always talk about how much we love those movies, and hopefully, our audience, if they haven't, they've already taken our advice yeah. and watched them. Well, I so. mean, it's the same thing with. I think I get similar vibes with um, Chris Evans as the villain, and yeah, out, you know, they did the same thing. Yeah, yes. they definitely did. Yes. So that just, was he was so good in that. His his first uh, post Captain America role is him <laughs> being the ultimate jerk. Yeah. And that was just so smart. You know, I always, I mean, you know, he's Captain America, like totally altruistic, great guy. But I can never get him out of my head that he played the Flaming Torch. And the, the, first, the Human Torch. Oh, the Human <laughs> Torch. Sorry. I just he was just like such a bad boy in that movie. Yeah. I, I can never forget it. Uh, that he's was so such a, that that wasn't even. That wasn't even that bad of a movie. There were even <laughs> two movies, honestly, in my opinion. I, I thought those they were bad that they were good. Like they weren't super bad, yeah. but they were they weren't super good, but they were just fun. But anyways. Yeah. Like bad enough to watch. Yep. Not bad enough to turn off. Exactly. Is that what you mean? <laughs> yeah, I like that. Bad enough to watch, not bad enough to turn off. That's pretty good. I, I haven't watched them since I have been older. When I, when I watched them yeah. as a kid, I was like, oh, these are these are pretty fun. Um, oh, I loved them so much as I, a kid. I, I just feel like thing. we have so many superhero movies now that I think I'd watch them now and just be like, oh, z- zoinks, this is bad. <laughs> That's the but same thing with it. Daredevil. When I saw Daredevil yeah. again <laughs> as an adult, right. I was like, man, I really like this movie as a kid. <laughs> 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 Why? <laughs> but yeah. Although... Having um, oh gosh, what is his name? Uh, who whoever they cast as Kingpin, I'm forgetting his name, but the guy from oh Michael oh, Clark, yes, that's a Clark good Duncan. casting. I I like that a lot. But let's talk about Man of Steel. So, the movie starts and we're in Krypton. They're going full origin on this. Totally, or so origin. She's giving birth to him right now. <laughs> yeah. Given birth, I like the design of Krypton. I, this is actually my favorite sequence of the movie. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it kind of gets progressively worse as the movie goes on. Um, but all of this stuff is cool. I like, you know, having the bravada of of uh, casting Russell Crowe as his dad is really smart. Um, and, you know, so Krypton is about to be destroyed because they've been harvesting too much of its resources. Mm-hmm. And they don't have much of a chance, but they've had the first natural birth on Krypton in centuries. And so they want to save their son, um, Kal-El, of course. And why does Michael Shannon, what is his whole thing? Well, he wants, I, I, like, I like his motivation a lot because his dad is motivated by, um, we should keep Krypton from moving on, or I mean, we should keep the race continuing and that'll happen through my son and the Codex. Um, but would, we went too far this time, is what yeah. it sounded like. But we can still save our race. Mm-hmm. But Michael Shannon is a little more like, we we are conquerors, and we need to continue to be conquerors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that... that um, I like, too, in the 
I think it was like pretty much the end towards the end when um, General Zod said that he has been genetically basically programmed to fight for the people of Krypton. Yeah. Because so, he was born in one of those birthing pods. Which yeah, where they like have there. codes every baby that has a, a like a destined purpose mm-hmm. to basically contribute to society. I think that's all great. It's really cool world building. And like you said, I think it, it adds to his um, villain motivation. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great opening sequence. Great. Like she said, world world building mm-hmm. motivations. I mean, the movie gets off on a really good foot. So that's good. And uh, so the, the city or the, the city, the planet, you know, I'm kind of skipping a little bit here because yeah. I want to get to Superman. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but uh, you know they send they send um, Kal El away. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, General Zod has a coup. Um, I li- all this stuff is really cool. I mean, and even now I'm going. Oh wait, am I am I gonna like love this this time around? Because this is all awesome, and the fighting is cool. And so Kal El gets sent away, and then the the planet is being destroyed. Mm-hmm. But before that, General Zod and his crew they get sentenced to. What like 300 it? years 300 cycles of, of reconditioning cycles. which sounds rough doesn't really mean anything to us but it sounds bad well someone said something about a black hole yeah so they get sent off i don't want it and uh who is who is the bad guy in the the besides lex luther who's the bad guy in the first superman movie the original lex yeah <laughs> well, well who's the marlon brando character oh, that's his dad was- he plays russell crowe's character Oh, okay. Yeah, it's mostly like Superman getting acclimated and learning how to save cats from trees, and then you got Lex Luthor. I mean, that's mostly what the first movie is. It's an origin, but more like Earth origin story. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. But who aren't there guys in, or maybe this is the second movie, aren't there guys in a glass thing? Yeah, that's the same. That's General Zod and his two minions. It's the same character. Okay. That's the second movie. Okay. That time, that time they went to the Phantom Zone and they were in a piece of glass or something. Yeah. I gotta say, Phantom Zone sounds a lot cooler than 300 cycles of sentencing. It, it does. <laughs> it sounds kind of cool. Um. So then, then we are we're interspersing between all these different timelines of Superman. I mean, that's the Nolan of it all. The man yeah. can't tell a story chronologically. So. That's where I think Nolan had his work sure. going. So we have a Henry Cavill timeline, which is the main one. And then we have a 13-year-old version of him. And then I think we have an even younger, let's say, like an 8-year-old version of him. Yeah. That were, that there's flashbacks throughout. Right. So let's, let's but, just talk about each, each. We'll, we'll go chronological. Okay. I think that might be easier. Starting with the youngest. Yeah. So um, the youngest one... It, oh man, I set myself up for a disaster but, here. Well, the the kid, <laughs> I remember, I remember, like the kid is in a classroom and he is like having a panic attack because he is seeing yes. literally everything because yeah. he can. You know, it's his powers. I mean, he's like a god. You know, he can just see everything. Um, I thought the effects were really cool. Yeah. Um, that was really well done, especially when he was looking at his teacher and you can see like her nervous system and like. <laughs> Like her body working yeah. was cool. Um, and then he runs into a closet 
and is freaking out and his mom gets called there and all of the kids are standing around the closet which sounds so traumatic (laughs) (laughs) and um his his mom comes and tells him you know you have to make the world small for you and it'll be okay that's the learning moment in this flashback and and i like i like the whole idea of taking superman and and putting these really personal things that we can relate to you know getting getting bullied um being overwhelmed by stuff um i i pretty much like all of the pre-superman stuff in his timeline a lot I mean, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about the tornado in a little bit here, but <laughs> I like all the kids stuff. Um, I don't, I, I do and I don't understand why they don't want people to know about it. Like there's that scene where he saves all the kids in the bus. Great scene. Mm-hmm. Love mm-hmm. it. Really cool effects. I, that looked pretty practical to me. Yeah. I Having the bus good. go over the bridge, you know, so this bus goes over a bridge. These kids are all going to drown. Then Clark pushes the bus up and then he has this conversation with his dad and i I haven't read a lot of superman comics i've read very very little so Mm -hmm. it sounds like logan you're the superman extrovert no but no no No. are any of the superman experts here nope i just know the guy that's it (laughs) (laughs) it it just feels the the idea of them hiding it I like. Yeah. But him saying, but dad, because his dad says, you know, you scared all these people because you saved all these kids. Yeah, he saved all the kids from drowning and people are asking questions now. And he says, he says, what was I supposed to do? Let them die? And that's very Superman. I love that. Like, he can't let somebody die. But then his dad says, maybe. And that just (laughs) rings. like, huh? That rings really false to me now. Yeah. That just doesn't seem like something Pa Kent would teach his son. Like, maybe you can kill people if you need to. Well, it's like, I feel like he's kind of saying, like, for the greater good, you know, for for everyone, I think it's just you're still not ready yet. Or the world is not ready yet. So for the greater good, yeah. like, sometimes you can't, you know, you can't do everything. Maybe that's the lesson he's trying to teach him is he can't do everything because he's going to realize that he can. Um, But I, I'm kind of with you where it's like, uh, I don't think there's ever a situation where he would just let the kids drown in the bus, even if his yeah. dad was more direct with him about it. I, I think that, and this is going to probably trigger some people, but um, that's a very Zack Snyder thing. Um, Like, oh, it's okay to get, you know, the bad people should die. Yeah, that's okay. That's, you know, even though yeah. it's superheroes that never kill. No, 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 no. Like, that's a big arc in a lot of, like, I, mm-hmm. I've watched a couple of the cartoon movies um like death of superman and other things which are really good honestly do superman true justice but yeah superman like that's a big thing whenever superman decides to kill that batman's like okay you know this guy's dangerous oh yeah and yeah. maybe maybe that's what he was trying to allude to like this is going to be something that happens um which i could see that but then he has batman kill people later in a different movie so it's like ah whatever right. i i think it's just Zack snyder's him being like oh it's okay to kill people like easing us into that as hmm. best he can right know. it's it's like it, it's if they've if they've been bad enough there is no hope for them which also i mean if you want to go back to the christian ad campaign <laughs> that's that's not very christian 
There's always hope, guys. <laughs> well, <laughs> but I, that's but like that's interesting. The like backlash I, would happen after they get paid. That's, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but I I think like I think that's my biggest uh, problem with the movie rewatching it because it it feels that my my guy's Spider Man. So I I mm-hmm. read Spider Man comics all the time. I love Spider Man, and Spider Man never kills anybody. And I. From what I've gathered with Superman reading some of his comics and stuff like that, like Superman doesn't kill people. Mm-hmm. He and and no matter what the situation, no matter how impossible it is, I'll go back to Spider Man here. He always figures out a way to not kill people, and when it happens, it's always an accident, and he carries that guilt around. And even you know, it'll be like, man, it'd be so much better if Doc Ock was if you just murdered Doc Ock. But he's like, but there's always a chance that Doc Ock will become a good guy. So I can't take that chance away from him. Mm-hmm. And so the end of this movie, wow, we're jumping way ahead here. <laughs> but at the end of this movie, when he kills General Zod, it's like, I guess that's quote unquote cool, but it really sucks that that this Superman um, can deal out judgment like that. Yeah. yeah. I, I really don't like that about... and And... You know, having watched all the other movies, I, I just feel like Henry Cavill is an amazing Superman. Like, like his acting, his physicality, he's great. But it sucks that we have a Superman who's not like truly good. And the whole basis of Superman is he always does the right thing. Yeah. And I feel like in all the movies, he has consistently done the wrong things. But I mean, is that Zack Snyder's point? I mean, he did say he wanted to make a more modern Superman. I mean, well, is that is that how he sees the world? Is you know, there's not really nobody that's really all good. You know, is that what he's is that his viewpoint? I mean, I think you're right. I think it is the viewpoint of it. Um, but man, I just just in a Superman I, movie, <laughs> he's doing that. It's like of yeah. all places, of all places, Zack Snyder. You have to take Batman and Superman, two of the people who like <laughs> never kill and will go and hunt down people and put them in jail because they killed somebody. Yeah. But no, these people kill now. Oh, yeah. That that yeah, that gets to me. I'm with you because yeah. <laughs> oh, because it could have because it could have made future movies so good. Like say later in like three movies down, Superman kills the Joker because. Like the killing joke, that whole arc is amazing. It because then it it turns Batman against Superman, and then people mm-hmm. have to decide what's right, and everything gets gray and fuzzy because the dude lost his wife that had his child to a crazy man who kills millions of people all the time. Like, yeah, of course it was an easy choice for him, but to Batman it wasn't, and so mm-hmm. there's this clashing of heads, and that yeah. makes a great movie. And then we get Batman v Superman. Right. Well, and and I think to to skip ahead in the in the series, what what bums me out is like, so Superman isn't truly good in this movie, okay, but maybe he'll learn in the next movie or something. But Mm -hmm. then in the next movie, it's like he's pretty apathetic to the troubles of Earth, which also doesn't feel very Superman, especially in this movie. By the end, you know, yeah, because this movie is like uh, it really became like we have to trust each other. Yeah. And I think they really did a really good job of him like like when he was basically arrested talking to Lois Lane and he has handcuffs on because it makes them feel more comfortable and he's that's when he's kind of like we both need to trust each other. Yeah. If this is going to work. Otherwise, I could just kill you all. Not that he's threatening that. 
yeah. like, if that makes sense. Right. So so you have that. Then in, then in the next movie, he he's kind of like apathetic to humanity. And then he dies. And then they bring him back in Justice League. And what is he? He's evil Superman for like a quarter of that movie. And it's like, what? Why can't this Superman be a good guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. But I- I'm starting to realize like I need to compartmentalize the Zack Snyder view of the universe as you would when a new comic book writer does a run on a character and you just go, well, I don't like this guy's run on the character, but some people do, and that's good for them, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But that's not, like, this is not Superman to me. This is not Batman to me. Yeah. This is, but it is to some people, I guess. I just don't care to, like, like, once we get through this series, I'm probably never rewatching the Zack Snyder so stuff does, again. So do you think this means, like, Zack Snyder... <laughs> isn't maybe as interested in exploring what like what who superman is like if he is someone who will not kill someone like that part is not as important to him as other parts that he does in the movie i i think and and this is i mean this could be argued right here right now but uh i think he's more interested in saying here's my version of these characters yeah. not yeah. let me like show you a take i had like it's like, like yeah. no they're this is my ownership of them yeah. which Writers of comics do all the time. Yeah. But I think I don't know. movies and comics is different because definitely. Yeah. You know, there's a lot more money that goes towards movies and it's yeah. like, we got now we got to stick with this, you know? And that's why I think our opinions will change on, on this movie, for example, because mm-hmm. when you first see it, this is the first of a, a series of movies and it's like, well, I don't like that he killed him, but let's see where he takes this. You know, maybe he's yeah. got some, you know, maybe he's got something up his sleeve or, you know, but then it's like it starts things start to unfold and it's like I just don't like where this is going and I just don't like your take and now we have to wait another ten years for <laughs> a Superman movie I like. Or yeah, like that. That, that's like the <laughs> ultimate bummer. Yeah. It's like, it, oh, this is a waste of part of my life. <laughs> it, it seems like we have to wait, you know, six months for a Batman movie, but twenty years for yeah, a new exactly. Superman movie. So yeah. unfortunately. But I mean yeah, a good good thought, Logan. We we should watch the animated series. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've yeah, never seen yeah. them. Some of the, I know some of those Batman movies at least are just amazing. Yeah. I haven't watched the Superman stuff though. That's good to yeah, know. The 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 first one in the series that like the modern uh, cartoons and stuff that gets into the uh, Young Justice and the 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 actual television series of uh, Justice League um, starts off with Flashpoint Paradox. If you want to get started. That's cool. That's Which is a great, great movie, by the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Good, good to know. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. It seems like their animated universe I, I like more from what I've oh, seen. Yeah. They than... have some really cool ideas. Like, what is it's the sequel, right, to Flashpoint Paradox, where Batman has these files, secret files that he stored away on on how he knows each person's weakness and how to kill them if if necessary, and that starts oh, wow. a huge war. You know, it's pretty interesting. They delve into some really cool stuff. Cool. Cool. Good Good recommend. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Let's get back to this one. Okay, so um, we have... Let's let's talk about um, the tornado scene. So okay. we've kind of talked about his childhood and stuff. Um, I, I, this is not a bad scene. I, I know I, it feels like I'm harping on this movie really, really <laughs> badly. I... Well. I I don't really love it, but I wouldn't say that I dislike the movie. I'm very in the middle about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the, in this scene, it's just 
Does it just not make sense to you that Kevin Costner went and not? It's just, I know what they're doing on a story level. They're trying to, you know, get rid of the father, provide him with that, that inspiration and know that the world is not ready. But it it just really is like, man, if I think about this for one minute, it doesn't make sense that this happened, that his dad died. And, And also on a story level, I don't know that his dad needed to be killed for him to be inspired to be Superman. Yeah, I don't, I'm with you, I think on that. It, 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 I do get like the basic of like if his dad dies, like does give him a lot of motivation. But I mean, he does find out he finds out before Henry Cavill is in the picture that his real dad is probably dead. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What, what do you guys think about that? Uh, it's tough because like <laughs> that's the kill- going rate for this episode. <laughs> it's <laughs> tough because it's well. I mean, like. It's like, well, I like the way that the original Superman did it, but then it's like, well, they can't just do that again, you no, know? Yeah. They have to kill him off. You just wish they had thought of a better way to do it that made more sense. I think in a vacuum, that's kind of how it is. And and the logic isn't there, so you have to suspend even more disbelief. Yeah. Right. If I wanted to be logical, I'd be like, well, you know, ever since Superman saved those kids, why isn't CPS showing up going and being like, what are you feeding this kid? You know, or why is <laughs> yeah, that? right, right, right. <laughs> so you kind of have to really suspend disbelief sometimes, but there is a point, there's like a line where it's like completely the opposite of logic, you know? So you have to like try and figure out, you know, does, right. this make sense in any universe? It's tough, you know, because then you have to, you also have to compare it to the past movies. Yeah. Didn't like the scene either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what about you, Logan? Uh, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> dot, 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 dot. Um, I actually had, like, while y'all were talking about it, I have this brilliant idea for this scene, right? Here we go. I'm envisioning it in my head that it's actually not a tornado, but it's actually General Zod that comes and does something that kills his father in the process. He's not okay. an actual, like he's not the target. He's just a byproduct. Uh-huh. And so, mm-hmm. so he realizes, you know what? My dad said uh, it wasn't time. Now it's time. And oh, then yeah. he goes and he gets his butt handed to him. And mm-hmm. then he ends up finding his, his dad in the scout ship, his real dad. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Hey, you're Superman. You got this, you know, he gives him a oh, pep talk. Oh, I like that so much more. That's way better. <laughs> like, just just gives him this massive pep talk, and then he go he goes and takes care of business as real Superman. You know, gets the clothes. Yeah, he, he's not just some dude in some pants. He's like actual Superman then, and everybody's like, oh, you know, he's back. He he saved everybody, and it's not just oh, let's go into a spaceship with Lois Lane, and they are in love for some reason. Yeah, that is so much better than just like a random tornado tornado randomly killing his dad when he could have prevented it. Because if yeah. it was, let's say General Zod was yeah. the reason his dad died, it's it's that is like there's so much more weight to it because that could, like you said, could be a defining moment of when Super- Superman's like, oh, I maybe I can prevent that or could have. Yeah. Or, you know, he's he, like, it's a learning moment for himself rather than watching him dive by a tornado and knowing he could have done something to stop it. Yeah. Man, that's, 
That's a good pitch. And it, I think it also shaves off about a half hour of this movie. <laughs> Logan, you're hired. Right? <laughs> Warner Brothers, are you listening? <laughs> uh, um, Zack Snyder, hit me up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and, you know, I do want to say, because I think to our listeners, it's going to sound like I'm just bashing Snyder a lot. Um, I think he's just not my guy, but I've been watching a lot of interviews and stuff. And I do think um, his heart behind filmmaking is really pure, and yeah. I think he he seems like a wonderful person. Yeah, and yeah. Um, he really loves movies. He really loves comic books. I think I just see it differently than him. Yeah, and that's okay. There's plenty of filmmakers that are great that I don't connect with the way other people do. Um, I, yeah, you can't yeah. be mad at him. You know what I mean? Because he's right. so passionate. So, and it's the same reason I can't really be mad at like, and Logan will disagree with me, but I can't be mad at Ryan Johnson's take on Last Jedi because, yeah, at the end of the day, they're passionate, and you'd rather have someone that loves making movies and is passionate about it than someone who's there to just they're technically proficient and they're there right. to cash a check and to please the studio heads and to please the fans, you know? Right. I yeah. No, I love that. I will only defend myself a little bit here. Just really quick, just really quick. I'm not, I'm not actually mad at Ryan Johnson. Just the studio should have given him another year. And I think he would have, because he made Knives Out, which we talked about a little bit earlier. But So he has the ability. But oh, yeah. with Zack Snyder, I think um, one of the big things for him is he's not really great about saying, look, this is something new. You know, he in a lot of yeah. things, he, he kind of, he takes something that a lot of people already love and does it his own way, but instead, but people aren't really prepared for it. Now yeah. we can kind of we could kind of think we're like, oh, it's a Zack Snyder movie. It's not going to be what we expect, but we might still enjoy it. Let's go see it. Right. If he were to twist that as his narrative of like, this isn't what you ex- should ex- don't expect what you have before. I'm gonna change it. Then I think right. he'd go into it a little bit better and enjoy it a little bit better. Well, yeah. Honestly, as much as I probably won't watch it, like if if after HBO Max gave him the funding to finish the Snyder Cut Justice League, which I didn't like, but if I although it's a hundred percent better than the theatrical <laughs> version, and that's saying something. Um, or that's well, what it, the the Justice League theatrical version is about as bad as a movie can get. Yep. But <laughs> the Snyder Cut is crazy superior. I still don't like it. Um, yeah. But if Warner Brothers was like, hey, we're going to give him a few million dollars and he'll have his DC movies on HBO Max and it w- and we'll just continue making other movies, like it doesn't, because he sets up like three movies at the end of that. It's like, I kind of like that idea. That's kind of fun. I probably won't watch any more of them unless I need to for the podcast, um, but that's cool. You know, whatever. It's like a Spider-Verse situation. Let's make a movie about... The Gwen Spider. Maybe you don't want to see it. Well, I'd see anything they put out, but um, you know, I I, yeah. I kind of dig that. But yeah, I think I digress. Pretty interesting. <laughs> no, no, that sounds extremely DC. You know, to have alternate universes going at the same time. Um, yeah, they kind of always have done that. They kind of always have done that. So, um, right, I'd be down for that. I'd be down for that. Yeah. Well. I, I I can't say everything because we have future episodes in this very series and I have some takes on some stuff. But 
<laughs> so, okay, we, we've gone through him as a kid. Let's talk about Lois Lane. So she's introduced. Are they in Antarctica? They're somewhere like that. Yeah, and, and they find like an old scout ship. From, I mean, they don't know this, but from Krypton from like centuries ago. Um, and they're, they're trying to figure out what it is. Uh, I just have to say, just have to, uh, <laughs> that when she's there, and obviously people don't like her because she's a nosy journalist, and they put her in like the storeroom to sleep, and they're like, yeah, if you're going to better not go outside in the middle of the night, it's below 40-something degrees. And then she's just out there in a beanie, <laughs> an open yeah. jacket. What did Braden, I don't know if what did Braden say, though? Suspend your disbelief. <laughs> and it's go, hard to when that go happens. Go even further than that. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's hard to when that happens. Continue to suspend. Continue to suspend yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think the, the tough part is um, because we I, I don't mind if a movie is, is um, crazy or whatnot. I mean, we talked about Batman Returns. That movie's insane. It doesn't make any sense, but it's a lot of fun, and I follow that movie. But this movie is trying so hard to make it grounded and realistic, so when it breaks its own logic like that, it's really jarring. That's just basic human logic. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> if, know if, this, if this was a scene in Batman Returns, I'd be like, yeah, it doesn't matter. That's 40 oh. below. Who cares? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If this no. was in the Schumacher Batman, sh- sure, they're in an ice cave. I, I don't need... <laughs> an explanation for that that's cool yeah but, but maybe you as do long as that's jim carrey i mean yeah, sure, yeah. Right? <laughs> it's like whatever but this movie's trying so hard it's you know it's grabbing you and it's saying yeah. take this seriously and then it's when like, she wait a second walks out and she's like not cold it's weird yeah you know it, it's unnecessary detail that if they didn't say anything they were just like don't go outside because you know it's <laughs> yeah. past curfew it's past curfew yeah just yeah, say yeah. That. come on yeah yeah. 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 Whatever. No, but it is what it is. Those are all great points. And I don't, uh, I didn't like the way they wrote Lois Lane, too. There was just no logic to it. You know, like mm-hmm. she was just kind of there. They just kind of threw her in there. They're like, we need more Lois Lane. You know, Amy Adams yeah. is getting paid this much. Let's work her. But, and Amy Adams is a very talented actress. I just do not like her as Lois Lane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I do not want to sound ageist here. I have nothing wrong with older women and younger guys, but there is an eight year gap between mm-hmm. her and Kenny Cavill. And she's, she's, I just felt like she didn't fit Lois Lane, especially if they're going to do like a franchise with, whoops, I hit my mic. If they do a franchise with her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I felt like they could have gotten someone else, if that makes sense. And she's very talented. Yeah. I, just, I wasn't a fan of this particular casting. I almost wish. It's just, I get it. Lois Lane is the love interest for Superman, so you have to put her in the movie. Mm-hmm. But she did nothing in the movie. And it's it's like, I almost, I think, would have been more effective if you don't put her in the movie, which yeah. shaves off screen time. And <laughs> We're just trying to get the runtime down on yeah. this bad boy. <laughs> and that they, I don't know, they focus more on the relationship with his mom and his dad, not just his dad, but like them together. Cause they're, I I think Diane Lane is really good in this movie. And she, I think has some like more better character development moments for him than Lois Lane does have or has for him. So it's almost like, that's my take. I don't need to see, I don't need romance in every superhero movie. Right. I just need like the action and Mm -hmm. a pretty good story. Well, let me let, okay. I'm gonna try and match your pitch, Logan. So <laughs> here's my we do what you did. 
But here's what we also do. We cut Lois Lane from the movie completely. And then Batman versus Superman starts with Lois Lane, and she's doing an investigative report on whether, which they kind of get into this in the movie, but from a journalist standpoint, I think it'd be more interesting, like whether we should be scared or not of these people who destroyed our city. Oh, and, that's interesting. And in Batman v Superman, she's trying to figure that whole thing out and and figure out what's what is good and what's bad. I mean, we have a city where like probably hundreds of thousands of people got murdered because they were punching each other through buildings. Mm. That would be that'd be my fix. I I like it. And and they they do kind of get into it cuz I mean, you haven't seen the movie, but Batman has problems with the city being destroyed, which I think is cool, but um Maybe a journalistic pers- perspective could have been interesting. Yeah, and and then she wouldn't be biased towards Superman. She'd be like trying to figure out who he is, and we'd have more time of her figuring it out instead of finding it out five minutes into thinking about it. Like she, like no, no matter how good of a reporter you are, there's no way you're gonna find the secret identity of some dude that an alien is asking for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, that. It, that was a long shot. Yeah, and I, I think it almost feels like, you know, she, so they're, they're, what is the thing called? The alien spaceship. He saves her life. And then she's on this journey to find her mystery man. And it just found, it just seems like I had the, the craziest time of my life meeting this stranger and I have to track him down. That's kind of <laughs> like, that feels like what her motivation is. Well, what, a little bit. Now, and this is a joke, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> what they should have done to reference the series we just covered is Lois Lane should have then left, wrote a book about her experience with the man. They wait nine years, yes, and then they meet up again, and it's before sunset. Wow, it's before sunset dash Superman. Okay, and her, her book becomes a bestseller, and they make a movie out of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's kind of skip ahead, and General Zod is freed, and. He is trying to find Kal-El, Mr. Superman himself. And Well, actually, we shouldn't skip over him getting his cape. That's pretty cool. He gets yeah. his cape. He gets his cape. <laughs> um, and the story. <laughs> and I, I will say, it's kind of a problem with origin movies. We're 49 minutes into the movie, and this is the first time we see him as Superman. Yeah. You know, I like that you're trying to take it seriously, and Batman Begins does the same thing pretty much, even though I love that movie. But it's like, come on, I want to see the superhero. He's Superman. And so he finally gets his suit. He flies around. I like that he breaks the sound barrier. The shot of his hands when the rocks are shaking. It's cool. Yeah. It's like, this is cool. Yeah. Um, but now, General Zod, he takes over the power grid of the Earth, and he requests that Earth give... Um, this mystery person who's a kryptonite to <laughs> him so that he can get the codex basically mm-hmm. did i sum that up correctly yeah mm-hmm. i like the zod videotape that's really cool i liked it too yeah um there's a scene where superman goes to a priest and talks about faith which watching it after knowing that they were advertising this to churches it rang a little differently <laughs> <laughs> And then Superman says, okay, I'll give myself up. He's got his sweet suit on. He goes into like an interrogation room. Lois Lane says, you know, that S should stand for super. And then it gets cut off because, you know, 
Much we l- get it. We, you know, we can't use comic book terms in movies that are serious for some reason. Uh-huh. We could never call him Superman. Um, and then they're up on Zod's spaceship. Yes. I mean, in this, we basically find out Zod is going to kill all of Earth no matter what. And he mm-hmm. needs the codex. So when he gets on the spaceship, they take him back to Kansas. Because they, I think before that, didn't they go to his like... I can't yeah, they needed his pod. Yeah, they needed his pod because they That's thought the codex is. was on the pod. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because they don't they don't know that it was put into Kal-El. Yes, yes, yes. That's right. what it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's the moment when he does find out that in order for General Zod to like do his job, he has to basically annihilate the human race. Cool. Into it. I liked, I liked, I mean, like not that. the idea of annihilating <laughs> Earth, but I love that. I, liked the, <laughs> I thought the imagery was cool during that. Oh, like that he's falling into the skulls and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I thought all that yeah. imagery was pretty cool. Mm. And then we fight. And then we fight. And, and in case you weren't aware, um, there's some interesting um, brands that helped make this movie possible. Uh, U-Haul, <laughs> Sears, IHOP, and 7-Eleven. Give it up for wow. Man of Steel. Um, <laughs> they should have made. They should have said on the marquee. It should have said Man brought of Steel, by. brought to you by. Yeah, and then it has all You're, those. Seriously. And then on, on Superman's suit, he has some logos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> taco Bell. Yeah. Uh, you know. You just see him eating some Taco Bell in the middle of the yeah. movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so once the fighting starts in this movie, I sort of lose interest in the movie. And really? I think there's a couple reasons for that. One is we've just seen this a lot by 2021. Mm. But... I, I understand, and then here's the second part. I understand the thinking behind how they fight because they want to show how strong these characters really are. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, punching someone and they fly <laughs> like several miles, it's just a little <laughs> exhausting for me. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, yeah. I, well, I mean, once you, wouldn't you kind of consider that a trope? Yeah. At definitely. this point? definitely yeah at at this point definitely yeah and and that's the whole thing at the when i first saw this i was like oh whoa this is crazy but especially now and now that we have so many movies like that it's like Mm -hmm. ugh. especially when we have fight scenes like iron man versus um oh my gosh i can't think um thanos (laughs) thanos yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) whenever they're they're on titan and uh they're fighting there you see there's no punches pulled and yeah. the visuals are amazing yeah like, that's one of the movies where the visuals of the fighting is like oh you're like oh what's gonna happen next what, what move is he gonna use next to try Definitely. to get the edge yeah. um and then there's there's this I, I gotta agree the action um i for me too i i'm i really am into physics and you know aerodynamics um just as like a as a hobby, just watching videos on it and stuff, seeing them go so fast and then stop, like just yeah. their own bodies, that would be painful. Yeah. <laughs> so so it just, like rip them apart. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like their bones, just like their skin comes off their body and it all. But yeah, it, you see the Taco Bell spilling out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but 
No, I I think if they just toned it down by half, it would have been yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and I like that you brought up I, I it made me think of the fight in Ultron uh, not Ultron, um Infinity War where they're the Guardians, Iron Man and Doctor Strange are all working together to pull off the glove mm-hmm. off, mm-hmm. off of Thanos. And I I really like that fight because it's it's huge. Um but it, it is very it it's very specific what they're trying to do, and so yeah. you're interested in how are they going to do it. Whereas yeah. this is like punch, fly, punch, yeah. fly, pu- and there's no um, strategic tactical uh, interest in it. You're just like, okay, you got thrown through another wall. I mean, <laughs> I ha- just have no idea how it will even end. Yeah, and, yeah. and there is are some it- Marvel movies that definitely do it. I'm not saying yeah that yeah. they're like hands clean from this, but. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I had never thought of that comparison. And and this guy is supposed to be a general of generals. This is General Zod. He yeah. was built specifically to be the best general for his yeah, yeah. his people. So no, he, I love the actor. He does just a perfect Zod. I he carries Zod. He carries this end of the movie. Yeah. Because uh-huh. of Zod, but how Zod was written, yeah, I it was very poor because he he was so flashy, and maybe this is just another Snyder thing, but in like the other movie, Zod was like, I don't need to show off how powerful I am. I know how powerful I am. I don't need to prove it to anybody else. Yeah, I am just better than everybody else. And he had this arrogance that was like, you want Superman to go punch him in the face. But you know he's be prepared for it, um, and so it just makes the the fight, the build up to the fight, thrilling. Yeah, and this just jumps right into it, and it's, like you said, a slugfest. It's boring. It's as if you take two toddlers and give them bats, you know, baseball bats, <laughs> and have them slap <laughs> each other. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Well, and those are my another... favorite fights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet money on those. <laughs> yeah. Another funny thing is after this sequence, um, you know, it's like they fight for a while and Superman kind of loses and then we're gearing up for the final fight, you know, and during that Superman says, you know, I have this idea. I need the army's help, though. And that was another moment that just rang false to me of like, why would Superman need the army's help? Like, he's got this. He's Superman. He doesn't need the U.S. military and it was just like, well, this movie's probably like funded partially by the military. I guess they need to make sure they sh- are strong. You know, yeah. I think I think that's how it felt to me. I think in terms of the who or you know writing the story, it was just about that whole trust thing that they were really trying to hammer in. Like that. Well, that's true. That storyline. So I think that can simply be answered by that. I'm not saying it's the best because I'm with you. It's like he can just get the job done, right? Yeah. So then there's the I mean, I don't even know if it's worth describing the last battle. Um no, but I have a pitch for it. Okay. <laughs> Let's hear it. I love it. You're fixing it. this movie. <laughs> um honestly, I if like say the generals like the US military was like we're not going to help you. You know, you're nuts. You're an alien. We don't like you. We're racist. We're xenophobic. Whatever whatever yeah. excuse they have to come up with and the the colonel or whatever is like i don't care i'm going to help you anyways because i believe in superman like says something super comic book super silly yeah but 
but then you're like, yeah, yeah, let's do this. And yeah. they go, they go in and it's against orders from the military and they're trying to evacuate people and stuff. Um, I don't know really how else to go past that. Like the whole yeah. end battle, you're right, needs to just needs to be trashed and redone. But just that part of it, the lead up to, you kind of feel more invested because like these people are going to put their lives on stake because it's not just Superman, but he's getting the support of other people too. And so then that would make Batman v Superman so much stronger because there's people on both sides and it feels bright. Yeah. Whereas on, and then so the destruction is partly America's fault, partly, you know, the military's fault. And so Superman Mm -hmm. can't get the whole blame, even if people want to put it on him. That would build up for more future movies. And this one would feel more believable, at least for me. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Yeah. They should have done it. Here's a million bucks. Here's a million bucks. (laughs) Dude, I wish. (laughs) And you know, I I, I do think, again, we can't stress enough that a, a lot a lot of these opinions are because we've seen where they've taken this universe and yeah. also we've seen so many superhero movies by now. So I just think like especially this fight. I mean, I think I thought it was too long even then, but I yeah. think I thought that hey, this is some cool visuals and now it's just really uh boring. Mm-hmm. But what here is a shocking thing. Unless I'm incorrect, there was not one sequence of slow motion in this movie. Which maybe is the only Zack Snyder movie without slow motion. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because when after just finishing up Justice League, his four-hour cut. I mean, that movie would be an hour shorter if there was no (laughs) slow motion in it. Yeah. So I was shocked that there was none in this movie. (laughs) That's true. I didn't really think about that. I I mean, granted, before the movie started, I was like, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep like a tally in my head. <laughs> but um wow. so they fight for a while he murders zod um i just wish he could have figured out another way it's not very heroic to murder him yeah um i just i just really don't like that yeah maybe he'd grab his head and just fly up <laughs> yeah, <Instead> of- yeah. <laughs> uh, just fly upwards take I him mean, into he space had, he, he they kind of do what's that I said he did. He did have him on the ropes. So I mean, there is, yeah, there is definitely something yeah. he could have done. Well, and and they do that thing in in screenwriting where they're they're telling you they're not really showing you where yeah. where it's like this is the only way. I'm going to kill these people no matter what you do. And it's like, <laughs> well, show me that this is the only option because it doesn't yeah. look like the only option to me. Yeah. Um. So that part just feels lazy, and it feels like they wanted to just have. Um, something for people to talk about after the movie. Um, although I remember the first time seeing it, I'm just like, was Superman like, oops, sorry, I didn't realize I was that strong. I snapped your <laughs> neck, you know? That's what I, I was thinking. I would love like, if he said that afterward. <laughs> oh, darn. <laughs> oh, golly <Oops>. darsh. <laughs> that's, uh, that's my bad. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of like, oh man, all these people watching. It's like, I didn't, I didn't, I, I was shocked when I saw it. I was like, whoa, dang, Superman. That's not yeah. my Superman. But yeah, it was interesting. Well, it, I remember <laughs> when I saw it in theaters, I, I viewed uh, movies a lot differently. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, this series is willing to do something like that. Yeah. But, and I think that that works for a lot of people. Yeah. 
But I just think now I'm I'm like, oh, that's really lame, I think. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just it's just edgy to be edgy. It doesn't feel mm-hmm. like uh it really adds to the character or the movie or the story. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think there could have been a much more satisfying ending where he uh whether whether Zod wants redemption or not, he attempts to give him redemption. You know? Yeah. But that's not the movie we have. No. And that's not the movie we're here to discuss. And is it right after this scene that he goes and kisses <laughs> Lois Lane? He kisses her and she says, you know, it's all downhill after the first kiss. <laughs> An expression I've never heard before. And then he says something like, uh, well, you're not kissing a human, so I don't think that doesn't, yeah. I don't think that counts. Wow. That's Which is just wild. You know, he, he just broke just, the neck of someone and then he's I making cannot, out. I cannot buy that. You just murdered somebody <laughs> and then you're going to go kiss this girl that you don't know, but we're supposed to think that you're in love with yeah. each other. And then those one-liners, can you imagine them in a real-life situation? <laughs> <laughs> if I was him, I would just, just like, be well, sobbing. Just be like, I'm just... not human, you know. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> well, uh, yeah, and, and now it's like... I mean, he should be mourning the fact that he is now the only, to his knowledge, the only Kryptonian in existence. Mm-hmm. And his entire, he has murdered the last of his people. And uh, he's like, you know, I'm not human. Yeah. I'm the last of my people because I'm a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> but what is cool, I really like the sequence where he gets the job at the Daily Planet. Yeah. And she looks up at him like, oh, I know who you are. And he's like, "Oh, <laughs> hi, Miss Lane. I I think that's so charming." And yeah, I'm like, "Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah." She's like, "Who is that? What? Yeah, <laughs> it looks familiar, but I don't remember the glasses." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I've said my piece about the movie. Yeah. What about you, Jordan? I got nothing left. What about you two? Did we did we miss anything? What What are your final thoughts on Man of Steel? Oh, I just burped. Whoops. <laughs> That's great for podcasts. Yeah. Logan, you go first. Okay. I was prepared for you to go first. <laughs> um, uh, oh, man. Brayden, how about you go first? Because I can't think unless you go first. And I might be all out of juice. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I think we just, we. I think I left it all out here on the table. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. I thought mm-hmm. just... Uh, change, tweak some things, change some of the story, change Superman's personality a little bit. <laughs> I will say this. I I think that Henry Cavill has improved as an actor since this movie. I don't know if that makes sense. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Not just in like Man of Steel, as his role as Superman, which I think he has improved as, but also as just an actor. Like, I don't know if I think one of his most underrated performances is in the the Man from Uncle. I don't know if you guys saw that movie. Haven't yes. seen it. That's yes. that's a fun movie. Um, and he was great in that movie. Um, he has cool. like he has like the accent and anything. It's everything. So he's he's acting. You know. Yeah. So I just think he's. It's cool to see him grow and get more roles and just become mm-hmm. a star. It's just cool to see that. Yeah. No, I think we got it all. Uh, the one last thing I will say about this movie, though, is. I think it would have been better. I think all of the arguments we have, everything we have to say about it would have been mute, would have been moot, would have been fine. Nobody would have argued it if the title was Not Your Grandfather's Man of Steel. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) 
I love that. <laughs> and then it's a good man. movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's we, a simple fix. We really did it. But before we sign off, Jordan, we forgot and we got to really quickly do this and then we'll let you guys go. We did not rank what we think of the before trilogy in our last episode. Okay, you go first. I'll go first. And I know it'll change over time because the movies are just the best and they're so beautiful. And as you grow older, they just change their meanings. But I am going to go with number three. Before Sunrise, number two, Before Sunset, and I'm going to go number one, Before Midnight. Okay, mine is going to be last one, uh, Before Midnight, two, Before Sunset, one, Before Sunrise. Wow, exact opposite. Yeah. Very cool. Um. Well, thank you both for being on. Yeah, thank you. Listeners, go listen to Absolutely Gobsmacked. Oh, why don't you guys plug it? You're here. Yeah, go listen to Absolutely Gobsmacked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's um I mean, in my humble opinion, it's fine. It's a decent podcast. Um <laughs> Oh, come we, on. <laughs> we go over so what we do is we do behind the scenes movie history. So most of the movies we cover are classics, cult classics, you know. We do a lot of 80s, 90s stuff. Um, we definitely eventually want to venture into 40s, 50s, 60s because there's a lot of cool. history there. Um, first episode of Wizard of Oz, so that was an older one. But we just have a lot of fun going over, you know, the drama and stuff that happens behind the scenes and, who, you know, what could have been the different actors that tried out for different roles, you know, mm-hmm. you know yeah. in a different universe. What would that be like? Stuff like that. We we do kind of similar to what you guys do too on on times when we're like you know what let's put one out about something that we really enjoy where we'll talk about movies that we just enjoy and just <laughs> like to talk about it so yeah. yeah very cool very cool oh dang it we said it at the same time <sighs> well thanks okay, for being on go listen to absolutely gobsmacked yes. and if you can spare it folks go to patreon.com slash micah macaw and listen to our episode on the kid who would be king. With a couple of Jordan and Micah's friends from high school on guesting duty. It's a super fun episode. And next week, it's B- Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. I think I got the title right. <laughs> we'll <All> find right. <laughs> out. Thanks, everybody. Bye. <laughs>